BS with Brian Simpson. What's up, Rob? How you been? I've been doing good. Doing good. I yeah. had some pho today. It's cold out here in LA, and so I had some pho at Mama Hong's, and that place is dope. It's cold and raining out here in Texas, um, but I think they they eat barbecue no matter what the weather's like. That's an everyday uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, Batman died today, or the original, or the original animated voice for Batman, or the original voice for the animated Batman. Yep, yep. What was Kev- his name? Kevin Conroy. Yeah, and I see, and I woke up, and I kept seeing all these tweets, and I, it was like R.I.P. Batman. You know, and I, and I thought something happened to Christian Bale, so I was googling Christian Bale, and nothing was happening. Nothing. I was just confused. It was like Robert Patterson, Pattinson. Did you no, watch the Batman that, the animated series? Uh, yeah, I watched it a lot as a, as a kid. Um, I love that. Show. I but, think that's I think it's my favorite show. But D, look, DC. I don't know what the fuck is going on in their movie department, but their daggone animated movie department is kicking ass. They they go hard. I don't know why they can't do that in 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 in, in films. I don't understand why the same people that write these stories for their animated s- stuff can't. And that's the other thing too. Why are studios more comfortable going dark with animated stuff than they are with live action stuff? I don't know. I think that um, for the movies, they're trying to be crowd pleasers. They want to be everything to everybody. And with the animated stuff they know it's for the fans you know yes. so they can get like, away bro, with a little it, bit more injustice was great it was better than every dc movie so far in the in the dcu so to speak you know and it wasn't and it wasn't even the best one it, i mean it was not even close speaking of which someone god i hate getting fucking political emails somebody uh emailed me asking about our collection. Brian and Rob, there's th- thanks for reading my first email. Glad I could provide some fruitful info to the video. Brian, how is your 4K collection coming along? Uh, I, I and hopefully some other listeners would love to hear you list off the titles you have and share what you love, hate about certain discs. I also just picked up Nope on 4K myself and I'm excited to watch it. 4K cut of Jaws which has a dope lenticular cover. I don't know what that means. Lenticular, is, lenticular? is when you turn it back and forth and it like is animated, you know? Oh, like a hologram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Jaws is a must-pick-up if you don't have it already. Yeah, okay, all right. Rob, did you end up looking into getting an audio receiver for your soundbar set up at home? Um, the, the issue is resolved, so I did not get a sound receiver for okay, it. Yeah. The issue has been resolved. Cause I'm curious, like, why would you need a receiver if you have a? Well, I, I don't know. I'm curious to know what brand you went with if you did cop one. If that ended up fixing the issues you were having, well, he just answered that. Been loving the tech and Blu-ray talk on the podcast, so please keep it up. P.S. Okay, thanks, Braden. Um, well, of course, I would love to talk about my collection. I, you know what it is? <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna list them off real quick. It's not that many, um, but I, I have. I have all the Godfathers, and all of these are 4K. I have the Godfathers, I have the Daniel Craig Bond collection, I have uh, the Dark Knight uh, trilogy, I have the Stanley Kubrick collection, which is just Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, and uh, Space Odyssey 2001. I have the Predator collection, I have the Bourne Identity, or the Bourne collection, which weirdly has Jimmy Renner in one of the movies for no reason. Um, I have uh, Planet of the Apes uh, trilogy, I have Justice League randomly. I have the Star Trek trilogy, the new ones, and I have uh, the Matrix collection. And this and this we, this artsy thing called Awaken, which is probably the best looking thing I've ever seen on on <clears throat> like just ever. It was just beautiful. Um, and then Ghost in the Shell, The Quiet Place, both films, Sicario, The Revenant, Ex Machina, Dunkirk. Uh, Endgame and Infinity War, The Last Duel, which is also good, really good looking. Parasite, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Mad Max Fury Road, Interstellar. Interstellar is incredible. Um, it's an incredible movie, but but the, the the 4K Blu-ray is outstanding. Dune, also amazing. Um, I have the John Carpenter collection, which is Escape from New York, Prince of Darkness, uh, They Live in the Fog. I have the Joker, which is also good looking. Heat. Um, 
Shadow Alita Battle Angel, which was pr- a very impressive. Uh, just in terms, when I'm saying impressive, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm just talking about the, how it looks. The live action Alita? Uh, yeah, the live action Alita. Then I have A Perfect Planet and The Green Planet. I have Nobody, which I, which is a great movie, but I don't think it's a good 4K to invest. It's, it's not a good scan, or what did you call it? Transfer. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was a great transfer, to be honest with you. But you know, it could just be me. Uh, the, oh, the Green Knight. Holy shit! Oh, that's gotta look fucking amazing. It looks so good. Yeah. Uh, Matrix. Um, Inception. Uh, the John Wick trilogy. Um, Seven Worlds, One Planet, another like BBC documentary. Spider Man into Spider Verse and Glorious Bastards, The Northman. Um. <clears throat> And then this last list is all my steel books. And you may hear some repeats on here because I'm fucking insane. So uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I have a steel book for that. Tenet, Us, Apocalypse Now, Starship Troopers, and Glorious Bastards, 310 to Yuma, um, The Kingsman Trilogy, Injustice, Hellboy, Batman, Requiem for a Dream, No Time to Die, Green Lantern, Beware My Power, Nope, and Old Boy. Oh yeah, and I also forgot I have Midsummer as well. Which, but you know these weird motherfuckers, they gotta get. It doesn't come in anything that can like that you can stack with other DVDs. It's like a book that has a disc inside of it. I fucking hate that shit, dude. So it's like it's it's cool looking, but it's like now I gotta put some put that shit somewhere different because it's a big ass book. There was a period where Simpsons they were they were coming out with the, uh, you know, you get a new season of The Simpsons on DVD. And it'd be like the box set, and it would be in this plastic case that was like shaped like, you know, Homer Simpson's head or whatever. And it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Where am I supposed to Did put people, this? Did people complain? Yeah, people complain. So they started releasing them again just in normal boxes. Yeah, put that shit in a normal box, bro. Yeah, there's no the reason box, for that shit. There's no reason for you to put, give you know, give me a, um, a hexagon shaped case <laughs> so then I gotta, because you know what it is a lot of times i think the fandom for some stuff is so epic that like they don't make they don't make it with the with a collector in mind they make it with like the super fan in mind so they're like oh wouldn't right. it be cool if this was a sword <laughs> instead of a instead of a circle Remember they, they you ever get a funky shaped dvd or, or cd like that yeah dude i just throw that shit away yeah, I just take um, the DVDs out and put them in a big binder and throw away the box. Yeah, let's uh, let's go with uh, let's let's hit this trailer. We, we've been slacking on the news stories recently, and uh, and we just saw a few <sighs> new study. Fish can get addicted to meth after eating human poop. What? What? This is from Boing Boing. Well, I haven't been on Boing Boing in a long time. Used to be one of my like main websites. I don't know what happened. According to a new study from the Journal of Experimental Biology, fish in the Czech and Slavic republics have been getting addicted to methamphetamines thanks to heavy doses of the drug being discharged into wastewater that gets flushed back out into their habitats. In uh, in some parts of Europe, methamphetamine use is elevated. For example, sewage or wastewater-based epidemiology studies have illicit drugs in raw sewage identified relatively high consumption in regions of the Czech. Slavic republics. Consequently, methamphetamines was previously observed in surface waters of the Czech Republic at levels of hundreds of nanograms per liter. All right, so the real problem here is that the addicted fish are then drawn to wastewater plants in order to get their meth fix, which could potentially mess up the whole aquatic ecosystem. Well, that's terrifying. How do we know that that's not the issue with a lot of these other unexplained... Remember when people, a couple years ago, when Nobody could explain what the fuck was happening to the bees. Yeah, and then just recently they, the crabs. Yeah, they're like, well, the bees aren't, they're not dead, and they aren't, you know, like we just don't know where they are. Right. It's like maybe they they, all did, they had a meth head's house or something. <laughs> you know, like it's certainly possible they're addicted to something that we don't, and we don't understand what it is. Because this is scary as fuck that, 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 because this, it can't just be affecting these fish. Right. This is just what we know about. Yeah, bro. I bet you they could do the same study in, at the at the Great Lakes in, in the Midwest 
right? That's where we make all our meth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely in the water. It's definitely in the water. And, may, and, and who knows? Maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's the secret to... <laughs> Maybe that's a secret to the barbecue out here. That like whatever <laughs> drugs the fucking are, are in are affecting the ecosystem. Fish on meth. I mean, I guess that's not that scary, but but it is when you think about how connected the ecosystem is. Yes, yeah, if those it, fish are near the plant, that means whatever eats them got to go near the plant to get them. They gonna get addicted to the meth too. And then I don't know, and a, b- a bunch of these fish are just gonna be. Sitting around taking remote controls apart or whatever. Yeah, it says. Furthermore, drug reward drug reward cravings, meaning their their addiction to methamphetamine by fish, could overshadow natural rewards such as foraging or mating that provision homeostatic and reproductive success, and further reinforce adverse ecological consequences of pollutants in aquatic environments. So we're doomed. I mean, that just I mean, t- t- you know what's so wild is that's not even in the top ten uh, humanity level issues that scare the fuck out of me. Right. No, that's not even in the top ten. I mean, that's what's that's, in your what's in your top ten, Brian? Uh, well, I mean, obviously climate change. Mm-hmm. That's one overpopulation. Even though that's recently been so people, someone has. Co- Someone gave me new information that's caused me to think that that's not really as much a big of an issue as it seems on the surface. Um, but uh, what was that information? Because overpopulation scares the shit out of me. Um, I, you know what? I don't. I'm. I don't. I'm not. I'm not up on it enough to mm-hmm. to speak. You know, to speak on it right at this second. But we'll talk about it on the next episode. Okay. Um, and um, and then there's uh. You know, there's the oh the water the water crisis that's in full swing. You know, they saying these damn these ice caps melting. They're finding viruses. They've been dormant for millennia. Even though you know they probably aren't physiologically set up to fuck with humans, but who knows, man? Who the fuck knows? You know, and so how many was that? Five or six? Yeah. That's about right. <laughs> um, yeah, rampant income inequality. Um, uh, I'm sure. Oh, poison in the air. The oh, I think about, I think about gamma, uh, gamma radio. Uh, what what the fuck do they call them? Cosmic um, radiation, cosmic background. No, radiation? but the, but no, but specifically these. I think they call gamma radio bursts. Is it the GRBs? Gamma radio gamma gamma ray bursts gamma ray bursts. gamma ray bursts. GRBs. So I'm I'm talking about these fucking. It's basically uh, a very specific kind of exploding star that shoots that sh- the matter all shoots out the top. Yeah. And if one of those was pointed at if if the top of us of that specific kind of star was pointed at Earth, it would wipe us the fuck out. That's how powerful it is. It says here, with the gamma rays beamed directly at Earth, the radiation will destroy a significant portion of our atmosphere, specifically the ozone layer. The photons streaming from the burst would cause chemical reactions leading to photochemical smog. This would further deplete our protection from cosmic rays. So it basically just shotgun blast our atmosphere off the planet and leave us exposed to all the shit that a lot of people don't realize does hit our planet but bounces off because of Earth's yeah. atmosphere. And these gamma ray bursts, they happen all the time. It, all it's going to take is for one of them to be lined up exactly with Earth. And that the chances are the chances are not zero. You know, they're not insignificant. But, you know, so I think about that all the time. I think about <laughs> I, Me- uh, I think about Loose black holes. How we haven't invested enough in like our warning system. So like if there were if there were an a, you know a planet killer size asteroid heading for us, we we probably won't even know. Like every time you hear like every you know every couple of months or whatever you hear, often you hear about scientists like they've discovered some comet or something. That's just by chance. That's just yeah. from looking 
Like we that we we can see so little of the sky, and we we have detectors on or way less than you would imagine. So, you know, how many is that? Seven or eight? Yeah, seven or eight. Did or you hear about the newest black hole they just found? No. Oh, the, the one that just ate something? It just ate a star? I don't think it ate a star. It's the, it's the closest one they found when it's only 1,600 light years away, which is not that far. <laughs> the, bruh. So, yeah, I, black holes. So, so no, I, black holes at the top of my list. Okay. That To me, that's the most terrifying thing in the universe. Just because they're, they're, they're super massive black holes. You would probably, like, if you were next to, if you could see it, like if it was eating something while you were sitting right there, you would probably just pass out from the sheer just enormity of the moment. Just how much, because we can talk about how big things are and, and how massive things are, but, but, but to actually experience it, you can't, even, you can't even fathom it. You can't even imagine it. Anyway, that it, it's the most terrifying. Oh, no, no, that's not true. It's number two. Because I recently heard about uh, the the what the fuck is it the boot the boots void b o o t e s and you know so it's just this supposedly empty region of space that everything is being dragged towards boates the boates I, I mean I don't know how to say it booties boots colloquially referred appa- to as the great nothing. That's yeah. terrifying. That's a terrifying name for uh, uh, a yeah, space phenomenon. Horror. Yeah, the great nothing. Because before that, I heard about the great attractor, which was a thing that we was all being dragged towards and we can't see it because it's on the other side of the galactic plane. And then they discovered that there's something even more massive than that pulling us and that in towards this. So, yeah, yeah, it's a wrap. I mean, why even do anything? See, if you think about space too much, it, you you won't even want to live life. I don't know how Neil deGrasse Tyson always looks so fucking happy and cheery because he, he knows enough where he should be worried at all times. <laughs> I don't want to understand that much no more. I'm, 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 I think, I think that's why that's, that's part of the reason why smart people do drugs. Yeah. Yeah, it's because like I just want to be I just want to be dumb for like an hour and a half. That's also why a lot of them kill themselves too. Yeah, like I want to I want to be like when I get super high, it's because I just want to be dumb for for a little while. Yeah, I just want to not. I want everything to be right here, surface level food, snacks, music, and 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 what ifing, you know. But I don't want to have to think about. You know all the existential crisis and all the other stuff. That's why I like video games, because when you play video games, you just focus on that. You're just focusing on beating that level or beating that boss or whatever. That's why I like Metroidvanias, right? right? Because that becomes your entire I do world. Too. Dude, there's a new one coming out. I had, you know, I have a, you know, I have a rule against pre-ordering, so I did not pre-order this game. But well, yeah, I, we don't pre-order out. We don't pre-order out here in these streets, except no. well, go ahead. Yeah, so but but there's a game coming out called uh uh Have a Happy Death. I think that's what it's called. Have you seen this one? Oh, ha- have a nice death. Have a nice death. That's what it's called. It's a video game coming out. It's a Metroidvania. It looks kind of similar to Hollow Knight, which is one of my favorite games okay. of all time. Yeah, Hollow Knight's dope. And you're ba- you basically play like a little Grim Reaper guy, and it's a 2D action roguelike uh, where you play death. It's it um, looks is it. it- and is this, is this mobile, PC? What is it? It's this? gonna be on Switch and PC, I believe. It comes out like in early next okay. year. You know what I love about Metroidvania, Metroidvanias, and just, well, just platformers in general, mm-hmm. is that they're the only game to me that smoothly transitions between all devices. Yeah, it's the it's it's the only game where like if I if it's on my phone and on my Switch and on my PC, I, I can I can. Pick. I can just play right away. I can download it on the new thing and just keep and play right away. It, right. Because you know it's just you jumping at the right time and shooting at the right time. So it's like those two things. The mechanics are 
the perfect mechanics. Yeah. You know, for for me anyway, it's like like I can't like I can I play Overwatch on my PC, but I can't play on my Xbox. Right, and I, I just I, can't. I, I can't. I remember playing a game uh, where they had crossplay, which is where you know one person can be on PC and one person can be on Switch or or a console or whatever. Right, and I was playing um, Spellbreakers with my brother, and he was crushing it, and I was getting destroyed in this game, and I couldn't understand why. And I realized, oh, I'm playing on Switch. It's in 720p. He's playing on PC, and it's a first-person shooter. There's right. just literally you cannot compete in that set. Well, in, in, but in you know what? Set. But some some people do. Well, okay, some, I'm not built of, like that. No, some. but listen, some of the top players, there's always somebody in like the top 100 of these shooters that uses a fucking controller on PC. That shit's crazy. There's all there's always some you you know you always hear about one of the one of the top players only uses a controller. I'm like, how the fuck are you doing that? And they still go beast mode. They silly with it. Yeah, these these kids are. Have you, you know. seen? A, do you watch Evo, the fighting game? Uh, the fighting game I've competition. I've seen it. I mean, I, I've I have seen it. Yes, I don't follow it though. Did, I mean, I, I I remember that one clip of the one dude that like blocked Chun Li's whole. Oh, the di- the Daigo block. Yeah, yeah, that that shit's epic. You if you you I mean you don't even have to really understand what's going on. If to, well, maybe you do a little bit, but you watch that and you don't understand the the to do that in the championship. That's some shit you don't even try. Yeah, in the championship, and he was like, "Fuck it." We should tell people what it is. It's it's a it's a it's a fine. I don't even think it was the final, but it was like maybe semifinals or something like that at Evo, it, which is one of the which is like the big fighting game tournament. That right, all the right. best and from around the world come and play. And this, um, this particular year was Street Fighter Three, right? Yeah, I think it was no it was Street Fighter Four. It was either Third Strike, I think. Uh, let's see, Daigo, because yeah. it was a 2D one, so I think it was Third Strike. Let's see, Daigo, yeah. Daigo Parry, right? That's what it was. Not sure. Uh, Evo moment number 37, or the Daigo Parry refers to a portion of Street Fighter Three Third Strike semifinal match held at. Uh, Evolution Championship Series 2004 between Daigo Umahara and Justin Wong. He uh, was playing Chun-Li and was about to defeat Daigo with Chun-Li with like a super move and Daigo goes on to parry every single kick. And this is yeah. like fraction of a fraction of a second timing to parry each Yeah, like Chun- Chun-Li's special back then, I, I want to say it was 30-something. Something like that, yeah. It was 30-something kicks in a row. You know, all going up, down, up, down, middle, middle, up, down, up. Like, it's designed for you to not be able to block it. Because it's going, it's, you know, because in these fighting games, you can block high or low. Yeah. Or neutral. Right? And, I, and, 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 and her shit keeps switching up. So, for him, with everything on the line, with one sliver of health left, to block every single one of those and win. And, and he did his super right after. Yeah. So, so like, and here's the other thing too is, is you don't see those Evo rooms get hyped like they got hyped for this. It's incredible because yeah, whatever was happening, it had to be. It, 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 I don't know if it was a championship. It, I don't know if it was the finals. It, it was, was the semifinal. So it was the semifinal. Okay. It's it's uh, Daigo was at one pixel of vitality left. Literally anything, even chip damage, would take him out. So you have to parry it. You can't just block. And Justin Wong hits him with the super art, which is like the super move in Third Strike, and it's 15 consecutive hits. Uh, 15, and you, and, okay. And, but, but you can't just parry. It's not just the timing because you have to do like a low parry, then like go to a medium parry. High. It's like you have to know exactly the timing and where the hits are going to be. What, I mean, people got so fucking hype in that room when that thing hit. Man, yeah, it's it's wonderful to see. It's like it's 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 the I, I think it's the fighting game equivalent of like watching somebody hit a full court shot, like a bu- full court shot buzzer beater, yeah, or you know something like that, <clears throat> or like right. a, or like a pick six that pick six that you like bring back to the house, you know, like just oh yeah, with shit on with shit at stake. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I like. The yeah. stakes were so high. Most people fold under that kind of pressure. And you and you forgive him. That's why when you like like if if he if he had blocked set, how many how many strikes were fifteen, 
15, it seemed way more than that. Why did I, what did I say? 30 million? No. Um, <laughs> it, but, but say he'd, say he'd blocked 14 and, and missed the 15. You know what the crowd would have done? Oh. Because oh. people feel you. Like, bro, you, everybody, like, most people are going to fold. You know, to stay, to staying focused is one of the most difficult and un and undervalued skills that applies to everything in life. You know, mm-hmm. stay, focus is hard to maintain, especially intense focus um, with precision involved. Yeah, that's tough. With shit on the line. That's tough. And it, and it wasn't even that much money. I mean, back then it was. It was a big deal. Right. You know? I, f- I feel like that's the least lucrative video game career is fighting game person. Yeah, I think so. Although I think they I think they make pretty good money in Smash. Yeah, Smash is different, though. Smash yeah. is a cult. Yeah. Yeah. People, you know, we had people over at my house the other day to play Smash. I I, I fell asleep. I, I'm, old. I'm an old person. <laughs> But but everywhere I go, there's a Smash community. Who's your main in Smash? Uh, uh, Samus. Real Samus, not Zero Suit Samus. Fuck that. Okay. But uh, that that's probably who I play the most. And then and then and then what happens is people start talking shit about the projectiles. Then I switch up and 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 get Ganondorf on you and just show you what it is. What it really <laughs> is. It ain't just the projectiles, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I I play you I play both extremes basically, yeah. But it's been a while though because you know what what was was fucking with me right now is, you know, it's it's at the point now where like I only turn on the switch for Smash Brothers. I can't remember the last time I took it on the road to like play some adventure game or something like that. Because now I have a Steam Deck, so you know. Oh right. Uh, that's so much better. Oh my god. Neon Abyss is is a is the roguelite I'm playing on Steam Deck. Um, but, but, but I only turn on the switch for Smash Brothers and for whatever reason, and I hate it when this happens, you know, I hate it when like, it's the same feeling of like when you're, um, when you start reading a good book Mm -hmm. or you start watching a good show and then something happens and you haven't watched it in a while and, and you can't really just pick up where you left off. You like, you feel lost. You feel like you got to reread some shit. It's that it's that same thing. It's like I I turn on the I turn on the switch and I'm like, and the buttons feel wrong to me for some reason. And I try to adjust them and, and I'm like, all right, well this feels different. I know it's like my reflexes to do certain moves are all, all thrown the fuck off. You know that happens to me with a lot of uh, like RPGs, like especially more Western style RPGs, like like Witcher. I was playing Witcher three, and yeah. and I was super into it, and then I just. I couldn't play for a while and I went back to it a few months later. I was like, Oh man, I should, I should finish Witcher three. And I started playing. I was like, I don't remember how, I don't remember what's going on. I don't remember where the fuck I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, and I don't don't remember why, why I have certain shit set up the way I got it. Yeah. I'm getting my fucking lunch eaten by all these bosses because I don't know how to play anymore. Like all the muscle memory is gone. And that's why, that's why I play video games in an unhealthy way, man, because I'm so scared of that. Yeah, that I I'm like I'm gonna play the fuck out of this game for like two weeks. Yeah. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna fucking eat, sleep, and br- I'm gonna beat the fuck out of this game before I forget how to play. Right. That's that's a, I guess that's the difference between me being an old gamer and <laughs> and when I was a young gamer. When I was a young gamer, I was juggling twenty games. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. every game I had, I was a beast at because I played the fu- I played it every time, every chance I got. And uh, like I, you know, what's so funny too. I remember when my, when my first, um, I, remember, I remember my first foster mother got us. She got a Nintendo for the house, you know. And this is a, this is a Nintendo to split between, you know, eight kids or something. Right, right, right. And but I remember, but I was the one that was always on that motherfucker. And I remember it used to make her mad. She'd be like, "Go out, go the fuck outside." You in there on that goddamn game again? Go the fuck outside. She hated it. It's like, but you know what it is? She never once, she never once even watched us play it. Mm. 
she had no idea what she just given us. Like she had no idea at all. Like it, it was a straight up go to the store. Like what are the kids into purchase? It wasn't like I, like I, I bet you to this day she's completely unaware of what it, of what it, what exactly it is. Like well, she I mean, was that's, just that's that's what they did back then. That's why Nintendo was so successful. Was there was the big video game crash in 1983? I think was the great video game crash. And prior to that, most video games were in uh, arcades, and they had tried to sell it as like a family, like Famicom, right? Famicom is family computer, right? Right, right. Um, and that didn't do very well in the West, and then they rebranded it as a toy. And that is what made NES so popular is yeah. all the parents got it for their kids for Christmas and stuff like that. Well, a lot of these these parents didn't understand what the fuck they were giving their children. It's like, like, these are, because think about it, think about it like this. These are people that need therapy. These are people that have undiagnosed mental illnesses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we, because there just, there just wasn't, you know what I'm saying? In 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 eighty four, eighty five, there wasn't like nobody was depressed. Like we ain't know that what that meant. Like nobody even <laughs> said I never heard that word before two thousand five. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was depressed. Nobody had anxiety. We had ADHD, but I the and the only reason actually at the time it was ADD, and the only reason I knew what that was is because I was diagnosed with because we were foster kids, so we were all fucked up, right? right? So it's like, but so it so so. You're, instead of therapy for for stuff that people don't even know they have, we have this escape. It's like the next best thing. Right. Is I get to not be me. I get to live, I get to be living this fantasy for however long the power stays or until grandma fucking unplugged this motherfucker. And it's like that shit was like therapy. It was like, oh, I get to fucking, it's like I got problems, but Mario don't. Cause I hit this jump, bitch. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and and that feeling too, that feeling. Listen, we talk about this a lot, but this is why I hate how people shit on these uh, esports. You know, like these kids are good as fuck at this. Yeah, it ain't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. The pro, the pro, pro gamers. Now, 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 listen. The culture and all that—that's up for scrutiny all day long because it—it's a lot to give. Because because when it comes to gaming, like youth rules the games. You there's never going to be there ain't going to be no Tom Brady's of esports. Like those them dudes retire at like twenty one. It yeah. tops right. Yeah. Yeah, it's and I, and I, and I I forget what the reason was given, but it's it's something to do with the the speed that the electrical signals, you know, go through your neuro, neuroplasticity or some shit like that. Okay. So it's like the younger the kids like right is up, your is your brain's ability to adapt and like create new pathways. Okay. And and, and, uh, and you basically run out of it at like twenty five. Right. Okay. So it it has to do with the. Bo- both of those things and probably some extra shit that I'm forgetting. Yeah. But the point is, it's like boys right at puberty are, have the maximum what the fuck you need to, to be to have the right reflexes to play video games at that level. To, like to the point where like you hear people talk about like I'm bit you know and I, I just recently built a PC when I moved here and I, actually I bought a lot of the parts before I moved here. But 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 you know people try to sell you on oh you know. For extra thousand dollars, this gets a you know a a twelve millisecond response time as opposed to this one over here that got fifteen and it's like that doesn't mean shit to me. That don't mean a fucking thing. To me. I don't know what it means, but I'm not I am not good enough at video games where two milliseconds is gonna make a difference between me winning and losing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. these motherfuckers are. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They're at the they're at a level where two milliseconds. Is the difference between championship not, and no championship? So you know they, so, and you know what's surprisingly they don't always play with the best shit. So I, you know that's a whole other thing. It's it's it's, it's well, the that, same. That's, that's why I initially brought up Evo. Is that Evo? There's like a big thing happening right now where you know what Hitbox is the controllers Hitbox. Mm-mm. It's basically 
you know, if you if you go to like a fighting game tournament, you can play with a with a controller pad, but nobody does because that nobody is does. not as fast as using a joystick and button and buttons, right? Well, right. they have something called a hitbox, which is they've replaced the joystick with another set of buttons that you press but different combinations of the buttons are different inputs so you're not even like you don't press up to jump up with the hitbox you press like button one and button three and that counts as an input for up and so these these dudes are basically playing piano like like when they're fighting now because because and, and it's faster because with like if you imagine you're gonna do a fire up like a Hadouken, right? You got to go down, down, forward, forward, right? And press right. press punch, and then you do the Hadouken. Or if you do like a you have to if you do like a sonic boom, you got to like hold back for two seconds and then go forward, right? You're moving the joystick through the neutral position. That adds time. Right. That adds like a microsecond well, of that, time. Well, that's why playing with a controller against PC people is crazy, right? right. Because the time it takes me to slide a mouse and stop, you have to move from left to middle to right, and I just have to stop. I just got to move right and stop. And it's anyway, yeah. Uh, so these hitboxes are about to be banned, or what's going on? Uh, well, no, no, they're not. They're they're allowed, but the um, they're they're looking into how you're allowed to program them because the way that they're programmed right now, like something hap- something like nine of the top ten players now are on these hitboxes, and you can program them in different ways. So now, like, they're able to pull off techniques that are literally impossible using an arcade setup, you know, with a joystick oh, and buttons. Yeah, so now they're yeah, trying yeah. to figure out what are the... They're still going to let people use them, but they have to figure out what are going to be the limitations for... Uh, Something burning? No, 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 no. There's a candle over there. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so they're trying to figure out what, what are going to be the limitations on how you can program them to, to do different things because cause it, it's, it's changing the way the game is played, you know? Uh, I found this article. Uh, it's about why um, e- retirement in esports, why do esports players retire so early? And what you were saying that... Um, says hand-eye coordination starts to deteriorate by the time you're 25 years old. The wow. 18-year-olds have already been playing for 10 years, and they're quicker than the older players. It's hard to continue to compete past their mid-20s, and there's just not that many spots open. Yep. That's crazy, yep. man. That's like the closest thing I can imagine to that. That's like uh, like gymnastics, you know, How like women's gymnastics. They're very rarely are are the women in that actually women they tend to be uh like little girls uh, little girls right yeah yeah i mean it's that's why it's you know what i don't like though i would this is what i hate because i because the overwatch grand finals was recent uh-huh. right and uh they i don't like how because all they have like like was it you and i talking about how the like you know how you know how UFC got its 10-point must system from boxing? Yeah. Right? And no one ever really sat down to think about, like, what would be a better – because it's not good. Right. Right? It's like it, – it, and so it, it doesn't it doesn't apply really to you to UFC because, you know, the, the, way, the way they score mixed martial arts, it's like having a t- – um, having I was talking to Joe Rogan about Joe Rogan was talking to me about this but it's like the ten, the 10 point must system means that if it means that like if I have to if I have to score around if if one person has to get 10 and the other person has to get 9 or 8 right right then then you know then it becomes whether you won or lost the round which which instead of like how much did I beat the because if I beat the fuck out of you and you get saved by the bell the most I can get is ten, and the least you can get is eight. Right. And if I, but if I bear, and if, but if, but then the next round you barely scrape by and barely beat me, it's still only ten eight or ten nine. Right. 
Why isn't it just like you get one or two points depending on how? Like why did why I do f- they even have the eight and nine and ten? I for, I forget. I don't even I don't even think they know why anymore. I I think they okay. just do, it's one of those things that we do because we've always done it. And and I'm not. I know I'm. It sounds like it feels like I'm going off the rails. But my what I how this relates to the video game stuff is they got they got the way they cover the esports from physical sports, right? And it don't it doesn't. It's like no one ever stopped and been like, wait a minute, we should have some unique things to esports. No, mm. it's like it's like all of these leftover fucking gimmicky shit from sports that doesn't. It looks it looks bad and like you know how when you watch a football game and you see like, um, you know, I'm, I'm this person and I went to this school, you know, like Charles Dickens, University of Tennessee, right, right, you like shit like that, or you see. Or like how boxers do like face offs and shit like that. Right. Like they have these like little kids doing this. Like they're <laughs> yeah. like po- posing all badass with chains hanging in the back of them. Like it's about to be a championship fight. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There has to be a a better way, like a, a less contrived way of covering esports because you know I, the problem too is just that a lot of the kids are Korean. Like most of the kids are Korean, right? In the Overwatch League, yeah, no matter what country or city they say they playing for, like most of their players is Korean. It at the exception is the Chinese teams, right, right, right. Really. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah, like every other team got Koreans on it. You know what I mean? And, and so it's like it's like Dominicans in baseball. Yeah, and so it's like it's. I think there's things like culturally that I don't understand that maybe they're not willing to do or whatever. Because over there, people don't. I think it's frowned upon to like be braggadocious. Okay, you know, so which I, which I, which is what people really want to see in this in these type of things. They want to see them talking trash, and but they don't really talk trash. But but I, I don't know. I could just do without the I could do without the overly the long winded uh, announcer stuff. <laughs> like I just think they again. I just think they don't. They no one. They don't have fresh ideas that they just going by what other sports do, and it doesn't quite fit. Right. They're trying to make it's it still fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's still fun. I still watch, but mostly I watch the game, like when the games are being played and all the shit in between, I could give a fuck about all of the, which is most of it. I almost you always know, just games. watch the highlights anyway. You know, I, I'm not, I'm rarely going to tune into like a Twitch stream of the actual live event, you know? Yeah. Well, the, well, well, the, well, the big issue is when you, it's hard to cover it like regular sports be, be, well, the reason why trying to cover it like regular sport is hard to make it work is because the action is so splintered. You're first of all, you're seeing the perspective. So it, you know, there's ten different people with their own computers doing mm-hmm. shit. Like you don't see, you don't have like a. Well, they do. They do switch the view where you can zoom out. And see, but it's it's hard to to watch it like a field and see what everyone's doing. In in, in to see what everyone's doing like from a bird's eye view and. Like they have to keep doing the first person. It's hard to zoom out and do third person and watch. You're talking the whole about like thing. for FPSs and stuff because like right for, FP, for, for FPSs. Because like for fighting right. games, obviously fighting. I mean, I, I think it's one of the reasons why fighting games are the most fun to watch. Uh, not not just because that's kind of what I grew up with. Um, that that's obviously part of it, but also because you can see everything that's happening in a fighting game. Because the two competitors yeah. are number one, it's head to head, which is always fun. But also, you are able to see the entire field of what all the competitors are seeing as well. Same thing a little bit with like MOBA, because sometimes they'll have it zoomed out, so you can kind of yeah. see the entire battle arena. But the, but the, the problem the problem though is what, what what esports really needs is they need a game that is easy to that's complex enough to to be analyzed for the gameplay to be analyzed. Yeah. But easy enough for for a person that doesn't play the game to understand what's going on, because right. there is no esport that does that yet. There's no because that's the one we wait for. Like League of Legends is huge, and Overwatch is actually not that huge to be honest. Um, but like Counter Strike and all of these games are huge. But but the truth is, is like if you know if a casual walks in the room is like, what's going on here? It's like that's a whole like hour and a half discussion. <laughs> yeah. Like even Overwatch is such a simple game, but not really. I mean. Just explaining the different roles and what their responsibilities are and why this person is... And there's different modes, too, in a lot of these games, you know? So yeah. sometimes it'll be uh, team match 
kill or it'll be uh capture the flag or it'll be zone control like they have different almost like um different events you know yeah i had a friend i had a friend be like why um why are they why are they all the exact same team i'm like well that's that's something we've been trying to figure out for years. <laughs> <laughs> There's a meta, and everybody sticks to it. I mean, it's money on the line. Right, right. Yeah, because I've always been that person where I try to pick the hardest thing instead of the popular thing. That's why I always, whenever it's an RPG or whatever, I I used to always pick Wizard. Okay. That's and, always you know, going to be the hardest one. Right, and because I yeah, cause, and barbarian is the easiest one, even though it's probably the most fun. But I used to always pick the wizard or whatever little weird one, and people say you can't win with this person. So I'm like, I'm gonna try to figure out how to win with this one, and nobody like you know. There's a so, there's an R, there's a tabletop RPG called Thirteenth Age, which I like a lot. That's like if I had to play, I don't ever play Dungeons and Dragons anymore because the game kind of sucks now. But uh, Thirteenth uh, Age is the like D and D esque game that I fuck with. And in that book, they actually list the classes, not in alphabetical order, but in order of complexity, starting with Barbarian and then going all the way up to Wizard. Uh, and it's like a much better way to organize it. But I agree with oh. you. Like it's, it's, uh, it's sometimes fun to take those characters that are the harder one. Now, that being said, if it's a fighting game, I'm definitely one of those people oh, who like, well, plays no. the guy on the box. Yeah, that's different. No, if it's a fighting game, I'm just I'm going to pick the character that I think is the coolest, and I'm gonna learn how to. That's also you know, cool. Like, yeah. like in Tekken, I used to always play as Brian Fury. B Fury. You know. Yeah, yeah. In fighting games, I gotta play, I gotta play the person I identify with. Yeah, I got if, if it's if it's Tekken, I gotta play as King because he had the fucking King. sick. He had the sickest fits, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Actually, King. A lot of King players were were, were dope. Yeah, yeah, a lot of King. Yeah, King King was dope. Yeah, he might have been the dopest of all those because there's always one character in every fighting game that only grabs people. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like those guys, and I like Shoto's. Which, if you don't know what, a, if anybody doesn't know what a Shoto is, Shoto's just Ryu. So it's, it's whichever character that is in the game. Yeah, like, uh, and I would ne- I would never play with Dan. I don't like the jokey shit. I don't like the jokey characters. Yeah. I don't like when jokey skins come out for characters or whatever game I'm playing. They yeah, were like, no. oh, let's release this silly skin. No, give me some. I want flames. I want lion snakes. I want something badass. I don't want, I don't think the, the cute shit. And it, it's, it's very popular. Yeah. It's just not with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, All right, let's sometimes do one it's just more. disrespectful. Um, sometimes when people play as Dan, it's just like, you're just being disrespectful. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, that's, I mean, that is the goal. Right, if you play with Dan, you basically saying you are so trash. trash. I'm gonna use the weakest person in the game. Um, all right, let's do one more article. Let's get this one out because all right, the, this headline is uh, "Our patients aren't dead inside the cryogenic freezing facility with 199 humans on ice." Okay, all right. <clears throat> Uh, this is from Alcor Life Extension Foundation. Um, okay, you know how I feel about being frozen. For some people in Arizona, time and death is on pause. Inside tanks filled with liquid nitrogen are the bodies and heads of 199 humans who opted to be cryopreserved with the hopes of being revived in the future. Now, I don't know if I would trust the company um, that was all based on people staying frozen opening that company in Arizona. Right there, that tells me right there not to trust them. Right. You know, it's it's cold. It's Antarctica. You got Michigan. Like if you like if you just wanted to be stay in the United States, but there's, there's colder places than Arizona. You know, Arizona's known for not being cold. That's a weird place to want to freeze people. It is so, dry though. Just, it is dry, which that's an important part. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's something about it that I, that I don't understand. You know, driest place on Earth. Where is that? Is that the Atacama Desert? Driest place on Earth is the Antarctic. Is the Antarctic? Oh right, right. But we can't make telescopes back down there, can we? Oh yeah, we can. Yeah, no, no, we can't telescopes really. Down there. On on the scale of the okay, yeah, yeah. Um, for some people in Arizona, uh, so so many of the patients uh, are people who were terminally ill with cancer, 
ALS or other diseases with no cure in the present day. One of the patients is Matherin Naova Raptong. Matherin Naova Raptong. Man, her parents are fucking assholes. The youngest person to be cryogenically frozen. Matherin So that's probably like Smith or something in Thailand. I have never. Okay, yeah, okay. Alcor's former CEO, Max Moore. Guys, no. (laughs) No, right there, because that sounds like a joke name. This sounds like a joke company with a joke name, with a CEO with a joke name. That's some Lex Luthor shit when you have the the alliteration. Yeah, Max Moore. So he pointed to a picture of the girl as reporters were given a tour of the facility. A little girl from Thailand who had brain cancer. Both her parents were doctors, and she had multiple brain surgeries, and nothing worked, unfortunately, so they contacted us. <sighs> Noeva Repatong's case is one of the only few at Alcor that is public. Another with a terminal disease is Hal Finney, who has passed away from ALS. Finney is well known in the cryptocurrency community for being the recipient of the first Bitcoin transaction. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, when it comes to the famous figures, Paris Hilton has reportedly signed up for cryopreservation. America's Got Talent Simon Coldwell had publicly announced his membership in 2011, but later opted out. Rumors about Walt Disney being frozen have circulated for decades, but that was debunked by his own family. Legendary baseball player Ted Williams, who died in 2002, is currently one of Alcor's frozen patients, but he's dead. Moore says he thinks of cryonics as an extension of emergency medicine. We come at the stage where doctors today have given up. Well, I mean, that's probably not the way you should word that if, if, if this is, you know, if you talk publicly about it. Today's medicine and technology is not sufficient to keep you going, but we're saying instead of just disposing of the patient, give give them to us. Yeah, he needs a publicist. Because <laughs> I, get, I get where he was going through all, what he was trying to say and all of that, but he, his wording was just real off right there. We're going to stabilize them, stop them getting worse, and hold them for as long as it takes for technology to catch up and allow them to come back to life and continue living. All right, all right. If you say you can do it, Natasha Vita Moore, futurist and author, is married to Max Moore and also one of the company's 1,392 living members. The couple met in 1992 during a futurist event in Los Angeles and discovered both were members of the company. Oh, wow. Okay, so best-case scenario, Vitamore says, is that patients who were frozen will meet in the future with other family members or pets who were also preserved, and the destination would be the future where a person who had a cancer or ALS or some other type of injury or disease is revived. Okay, yeah, that's the best-case scenario. The disease or injury cured or fixed, and the person has a new body, cloned, or a whole-body prosthetic, or their body reanimated and meet up with their friends again. Well, okay. Okay, maybe that's the best case scenario. Or you wake up and we're the Borg. Like, you just... But there are skeptics in the medical world. Well, no shit. The only group that you really see getting excited about the possibility are people who are sort of... People who specialize in studying the distant future or people who have a stake in wanting you to pay the money to do it. Yeah, see, the problem is... And this is this is my only hang-up. They haven't thawed nobody out. As soon as they thought somebody out, I'm signing up. Yeah, I don't even think they can. So there, there's a there's a documentary called Frozen, no connection to the Disney movie, but there's a documentary called Frozen that's about this Thai girl that had the brain cancer, and her brother, um, starts trying to like he he wants to become a doctor, um, and mm. he starts studying this because he wants to be the one to thaw out his sister eventually, right? And he travels to the U.S. and meets the people that are at the absolute forefront of freezing and unfreezing. And they actually were able to unfreeze a rabbit's brain, I believe, which was like the most complex organism that, or organ that they have like unfrozen and it still works. And what he basically discovers when he's talking to this guy is that the way that they freeze you there is there will never be a way to to unfreeze you because um, the way that they freeze you with the liquid nitrogen it forms these crystals in your brain that, that destroy, penetrate your yeah, cell walls. It, yeah, it just it it shatters all of the neuron the neuronal connections between one another. So it's it's 
you could even if you could thaw it out, you would just be thawing out like a brain that's been ripped apart on a molecular level by ice crystals. So you yeah they pro- they probably turn to mush. Yeah, they just like you, you don't come back because if if you are anything, you are the network of connections between your neurons, right? Right. And so if you shred all of those connections, then the person does not come back. So is there is there a proper way you could freeze a motherfucker or suspended animation is just a pipe dream? I I, I think it's a pipe dream. I think it's bullshit. I think that it's I think all these people are dead. <laughs> the the, yeah, the I think I think the, the best hope is for us to be able to put you in long-term sleep. Yes. Like slow your vitals down completely to the, just enough to keep keep your heart going and you could probably stay that way for hundreds of years. Right. You know. Maybe, but we don't know what the effects of that are. Yeah, that I think I think probably the best case scenario or the most the most believable conceivable way to do this sort of thing because okay so the idea the idea here right is that is that these people have a disease that is terminal that we do not have a cure for right now but may have in the future like ALS let's say right 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 um it, it's very conceivable that a hundred years from now we'll have a cure for ALS right um so then the idea is like we just need to slow down the progression of the disease and slow down your aging long enough for you to survive until a time where ALS has a cure, right? All right. So in that case it seems to me that rather than like f- turning you into a popsicle, we need to be studying ways to like you said put your put them to sleep so that their biological functions slow to a crawl. We're not going to stop them by freezing it, right. but you slow it to a crawl where it's like almost like extreme hibernation, right? Like your your heart beats once a year, you know that kind of thing. Like you you burn a calorie once a year, your your cell regeneration slows to a crawl. But that's not what they're doing. They're just emptying people of their fluids and then sticking them in a sticking their brain in a vat of. Uh, of uh, liquid nitrogen. Yeah, yeah. That's why. I mean, I w- I wish it was available because I definitely want to see the future. I definitely want to see the future. The other thing that trips me up about this is that a hundred years from now, is anybody gonna give a fuck about like anybody who is alive now? You know what I mean? Like, like. Well, you would definitely be the most problematic person on the planet if you, <laughs> if you, if you, if you got frozen for for a hundred years. Like, no matter who you are, no matter who you are now, yeah. what your politics are, if you if you froze yourself for a hundred years, you would definitely be a fucking problem when you woke up. Yeah, you would be an issue, no doubt about it. Just everything you do would be wrong, rude, you know, offensive for sure. That's the most unrealistic part about Captain America. He's too he's he's too good of a guy to be some guy from the 1940s. Oh right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think if you go some of those older Captain America books, yeah, I think he's pretty racist. Yeah, yeah. In uh, in the Ultimates, uh, did you ever read the Ultimates? Which was no. Do you remember the Ultimate Universe in Marvel Comics? They basically tried to, they created like an alternate universe and had a whole line. They had Ultimate X-Men, the Ultimates, which was Ultimate Avengers, Ultimate Fantastic Four, etc. And Ultimate Ultimate Spider-Man. And it was sort of like a more realistic, I guess, um, take on different Marvel properties. And in that, Captain America is quite racist. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's not surprising. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Um... Uh, but uh, but we digress, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Let's. Uh, I think that's a good stopping point. Sure. Yeah, we're about uh, it. we're we, at about uh, about an hour. All right. Uh, like less or, or more? We're a little bit under an hour because I think we got started a little late. But all right, let's do one more. Let's do one, let's do more, one more. We'll call it. Um, let's do an email this time. Sure. Um. Uh, 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 
we don't wait a minute. Well, this is one I already kind of responded to. Um, but I'll read it out loud. Says hi, Brian. I know I know you know this, but just to reaffirm, Interstellar blows Nope out of the water. Whoops, it's ass. It's not even close. Interstellar, Interstellar is a science fiction masterpiece. Nope is fun, well made monster movie. Oh yeah, I agree with that a thousand percent. No need to clarify. That's that's a accurate assessment. Um, I mean, does Interstellar blow Nope out of the water? Yeah. I mean, but Interstellar blows every movie out of the water. I mean, I mean, I mean, when you start, when you say Interstellar, the rest of the movies you can mention, you, you know, that that e- they're even are in the same universe where you can even compare it. It's, it's like maybe ten of them, right? In terms of just how well made it was, I mean, yeah, that's Christopher Nolan's best movie. Is Christopher Nolan me. your best, your, your favorite director? No. No, no, no. I'm gonna have to say. I, I mean, I mean, I'm not. A, I don't know if I have a favorite director, but but as far as the director that disappoints me the least is Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, there aren't any Quentin Tarantino movies that I don't that I didn't that I don't enjoy. You know, what's so, your what's your view on Jackie Brown? I love Jackie Brown. Good answer. I think it's one of his most underrated movies. Um, it's. I think it's definitely his most underrated movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jackie Brown. Um, fuck. My favorite. My favorite one might be. It's between Kill Bill and um and um hateful hateful um hateful eight. Um, hateful eight was a was awesome. That was such a surprise. I was I wasn't expecting oh, to like man. that movie as much as I did. I can't wait for the four K of that to come out. Wait, 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 wait! Is it out? Let's look it up. Um, I can't wait to see that beauty and all. See that in all its glory. Yeah, Quentin Neal doesn't do a lot of uh, like physical media box set shit. You know? No. Yeah. So, um, so a lot, like I guess I think like most of his movies that weren't filmed in 4K. Um. They they don't do they don't like do it later. I mean I think um, I think, I, think his, I think all of his movies have been on film, right? I don't think he's done any. Um, yeah, I don't think he's done digital. I put it like this: Res, the four K. Oh, maybe Inglorious ba- Inglorious Bastards might have been digital. Yeah, uh, maybe because I have I have that one. I got that one easy. But but the the four K steel book for Reservoir Dogs isn't even out yet. Like it comes out like next week or two weeks from now. And I think Kill Bill like December sixth or something like that. So it's like they're like way behind in terms of like 4K physical media, but um, I don't see anything for Hateful Eight on here. You said eight that you said that you eight. have the John Carpenter uh, steelbook. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, John Carpenter. Oh wait a minute, there's a Hateful Eight steelbook, but it's not 4K. Yeah, that that's that's a toughie, but. We, but we, we, we'll we'll get in there. But yeah, man. Obviously, yeah. Interstellar is better than most movies. I mean, is it the best movie of all time? I mean, you know, that's that's kind of a getting in the weeds trying to get figure that out. But it's definitely. I mean, it's a superb movie. You know, I I like that was the and I think that might be the last movie that I left the theater feeling like. It, like it was a whole experience. Like God damn, that was good. You know, we, we and it's not. You know that feeling when you leave the theater, and it's not just not just that you feel good, but you can tell the people around you feel good too. But it's like everybody, we all did that together. We all had a good time. Right. We all like every. It's this collective feeling of like. That's why I don't. I don't think people going to see movies in the theaters is ever going to go away. Cause seeing a no. seeing seeing a dope movie with a with hundreds of people. You can't match. You can't match that at home. There's something about being in the group that makes it a different experience. Right. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, dude, I'm excited to go. Like the, the uh, Wakanda Forever comes out. We're filming this on Friday, um, and so Wakanda oh, yeah. Forever. I saw, like, I saw it. I saw it yesterday. You saw it. Yeah. Shit. Good. Not good. You sound underwhelmed. I, I I I was underwhelmed. Oh fuck! Fuck! And and it's weird because I, a lot of the people, a lot of people enjoyed it. Listen, 
I don't know how to give my opinion about it without without doing spoilers. Well, definitely don't. Definitely don't do any spoilers for that because it just. Came I'm, out. I'm, well, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do any spoilers. Um, but I'll, I'll just say that the movie had an identity crisis. It didn't know. It was trying okay. to be too many things. That's how I felt. It was trying to be too too many things, and it di- and it only did one of them well, and it was the thing that I could have done the least with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that. And and here's the other thing. So I w- I went with five people because it, it comes out here like you can see stuff on Thursday afternoons yep. if you're a fucking old person. So I I went with five people. Only one person liked the movie. Yikes. So, but then you go on Rotten Tomatoes and all that, and it's like it's got an eighty something. So I was like, I was I don't know. Maybe it's just, I I have those sometimes. Those one things was like everybody loves it, and I watch it. And I'm like I don't get it. You know? Yeah, you can't trust the Rotten Tomatoes though. That's so hit or miss. Well, the because here, because that's the thing. When I read the the, I only read the critic stuff. But when I read every everyone that liked it, all, like I'm talking about the critics, mm-hmm. they all they all liked it for the same reason, and everybody that hated it hated it for a different reason. Interesting. Well, we'll like talk I said, about it. it yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Well, um, I'm gonna go all right, see guys. it this weekend. All right. I didn't mean to piss on the parade. No, no, no. Because there were actually. It was, it was, actually, it was, I'm I'm glad you said that because that means that I'm gonna go in with low with tempered expectations, and I always enjoy the movie more when I go in with tempered expectations. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, so. And I'm not comparing it to nothing else. I'm not gonna compare it. I'm, I'm gonna wait. To, I want to wait till you see it because I right, really want right. to talk about it. All okay. Right. But uh, uh, all right, guys. If you would like to mention your, your questions, comments, concerns, you need advice from the advice champ. Email us at bswithbriansimpson at gmail dot com. Um, I also have again two more tour dates left in the year. One in um, Raleigh, North Carolina, at the Improv. Get those tickets. Uh, uh, BS comedian. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, get those tickets at BS. Wait. Forgot your own your own. Uh, What's my website again? Brian Simpson. Brian Comedy. Simpson Comedy. Yeah, yeah. Get your tickets at Brian Simpson Comedy. <laughs> get your tickets at Brian Simpson Comedy dot com or any of my socials. BS comedian. Um, it's the link tree right there to get you link tickets at the link. And uh, again, if you want, if you support the podcast, just tell somebody about it, share it, like it, subscribe, or don't. Whatever, nigga, do what you want to do. You gonna do what you want to do anyway. But that's what helps us. If you would like to help us, just do all those things that are free to help us. Click, you know? click the bell and click all on the. Oh, bell. does that help? The, that helps. The bell and the all. Yeah, click on, okay, click so. on the bell and click all. All notifications. Click like if you if you don't know how to use YouTube by now, you stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> click like, thumbs up. Click the thumbs up button. Click the subscribe. Click the bell icon and click all. You got to do all those things because the and, you gotta there, and you got to comment. And you got to comment. And you got to comment. You got to write us a comment. You got to and oh, and make make it be about something controversial so that other people argue with you in the yes. comments. Right. Tell us what you think about vegans. Is healthy. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Uh, we're, I'm forgetting something. It was something important, and I'm forgetting. You'll remember it off off camera. <laughs> yep, yep, I remember. You'll right text me, and then I'll drop it in. Uh, <laughs> I'll drop it in the audio version. Yeah, I'll All see right, you guys, next time.